Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Two-Point Conversion. Oh, yes, baby. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell happened yesterday. All I can say is that uh, Tom Brady can't beat the Saints in the regular season with the Bucks. He can't. I don't know what it is. He's had only three games with five-plus turnovers and sacks combined with the Bucks. All three of those games... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me just list them. Uh, week one uh, against the Saints uh, on the road for him. Then at home against the Saints. And then on the road against the Saints yesterday. These are the only times he's ever done that as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm noticing a pattern. Maybe you should start playing Gabbard instead. It's not working out for you. Tom Brady, someone made a really good joke. Uh, Tom Tom Brady regresses into Matt Castle when he plays the Saints. Which I think is a very accurate description. Because holy garbage, it's not good. So, um, yeah, let's get into the details. Yes. So, this game was more of a Pyrrhic victory than anything. Jameis Winston is out for the season. Great. Just as he was coming into his own... Devin White tackles him, he horse collar tackles him, and Jameis's foot doesn't go down with the rest of his body. This is why the horse collar tackling excuse me, exists as a rule. Cause if you didn't know, the horse collar tackle hasn't been around that long. It's only been around since 2005. Cause they realized, uh, wait, injuries like that can happen. And the horse collar tackle has been expanded to include the nameplate and has been for five years for a reason. Because of that play. It's very dangerous. So, uh, Devin, you, you have lost all of that whole goodwill thing you had in the city of New Orleans. All of it, you injured Jameis. We like Jameis. So, in came Trevor Damn Simeon. Tr- Trevor Goddamn Simeon. How? How is Trevor Simeon going to do things? Throw to the Isle of Misfit Toys that is our receivers. Throw it to Garrett Griffin. Throw it to Alex Arma for his first touchdown in two years. Throw it to Kevin White of all people. Joe Davis, I love that call. Please never stop being good. Joe Davis is a very good and very underrated NFL commenter. Uh, play-by-play man, and should be given better games if he's not already given really good ones. Because he's very funny, and I enjoy when he calls games, because he's not, you know, stupid, and he's not boring. He's interesting and funny. He has unintentionally funny comments. Of all people, Kevin White, his first reception in three years, and it was It was game-changing. Trevor Simeon threw a touchdown pass, people. Trevor Simeon threw a touchdown pass. He threw a touchdown pass. I know. He's the third-string quarterback because we didn't have our second stringer because he got injured playing wide receiver like you do. The good news is Taysom Hill's going to be back. But let's just... Let's talk about the Saints' offense. So, first of all, Sean Payton's a cheat code. I give up at this point trying to figure out what the hell Sean Payton does. Because, frankly, he could throw on any goddamn player at this point. 
honest to God, throw him Jamarcus Russell at this point, and I don't know if he could execute because he hasn't been in football for 10 years. Fine. Um, but you could throw in Johnny freaking football, and I honestly give him, give, give him a lo- enough time to learn the system, and I think he can execute it. I don't think it's necessarily plug-and-play. It's learn the system for about a year and then plug-and-play. Once you know the system, you're going to be good enough. Because, yeah. So, we're probably not going to be starting Trevor Simeon the rest of the year. Um, hell, we didn't even start him yesterday, technically. Um, it's going to be Taysom Hill. Because Hill's going to be back. But still, the offense did its job. when we, we got those three and outs, but the offense did its job. They moved the ball down the field well enough to win the game. But the Buccaneers are the reason for that. The Buccaneers are one of the most undisciplined defenses in the NFL. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. It's also my opinion. But, you know, not just my opinion. Uh, They're one of the most heavily penalized defenses in the NFL. And it showed. Don't go headhunting my quarterback. Don't. I'll say this. I will forgive Devin White a tiny bit, tiny bit, because Devin White was trying to make a tackle. He made it in a very dangerous manner, though, and caused an injury. I don't think he was in, nobody there intended to cause an injury, 100%. You did something that was dangerous and reckless, though. So I'm just saying, you're going to have ill will, and it's going to be deserved. Um, And then you had that taunting penalty. Which, by the way, let's talk about that for two seconds. Uh, that was taunting based on the rules of the t- of the day. I don't like the rules. But if we're going to enforce it, that was the definition of taunting. I agreed with the call. I don't agree with the rule. There were a couple roughing the passer calls. Half of them were correct. Number 92, who, by the way, don't remember. I think it's Levante David. Uh, he was getting held on the play. And then what happened was his arm, I believe it was Teron Armstead he was going up against. His arm came up, knocked off his helmet. It wasn't a face mask. You could clearly see, like, that was just arm. Uh, the, the helmet wasn't on securely. Um, and so, yeah. But he has two steps not to hit Trevor Simeon in the back like a little bitch. But he does. Because that's a bitch move. There's another one which is a really ticky-tack call, but it was a makeup call because Trevor Simeon had been roughed on another play and they did not throw a flag. So he barely gets hit to the head and it's like, that's not it. But also, you know what? This is a makeup call. I can totally see that. That was the first... That was the first drive after... um, a turnover which we desperately needed after Trevor Simeon came in and through some pretty passes. So I gotta say, Trevor Simeon, man. But, yeah. The, and by the way, I need to say, before we get on to this Saints defense, the greatest thing, the crowd sounded absolutely nuts. Apparently, they set an indoor world record for loudest crowd at 130.4 decibels, which is ridiculously loud. They have this video board decibel meter, which probably isn't even accurate, um, but it was getting consistently into the 110s and 120s. So yeah, it was loud in that dome, and the pop, the hardest pop, was when they were doing player introductions, because somebody was streaming it. And when Mark Ingram got his name called, 
the whole stadium went absolutely bonkers. Louder than they did for Jameis and Kamara, probably combined. This city loves Mark Ingram and the press conference afterwards. Oh, man. I love Mark Ingram with every freaking fiber of my being as a Saints fan. And if you can't love this man, I don't know what's wrong with you. He's the greatest meme ever. Look, okay, it's that Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, even though he's injured, is still going to be on the sidelines. This man was dancing in the locker room despite having a torn ACL and MCL. Because... You know, you gotta celebrate with your teammates. He was on crutches. He was doing it on one leg. This man is a human meme and I love every second of it. And the fact that he's not my quarterback right now sucks. But damn it, if he's still not on the sidelines cheering this team on. And helping this team out win football games. But you know who's really helping this team win football games? Oh wait, let's talk about special teams before we get into defense, because I always talk about the special teams. So we missed an extra point, so every single one of our kickers has missed a kick this year. That's unfortunate. However, it was not on the kicker that we missed the field, I mean, the extra point. It was on the hold. The hold was just a little bit mistimed, didn't get down fast enough, and uh, that hurt us. But the defense happened, and the defense stepped up. The defense is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This defense makes me question how good Dennis Allen is as a defensive coordinator. I don't think he's a great head coach. Why? Have you seen what he did in Oakland? Yeah, there's a reason why he's never going to get a head coaching job again until he proves something. And he still hasn't done it to me. Um, But he's consistently gotten better every year. And if you look at the Saints, you're like, how is it possible to get better? Apparently there is room. Um... Yeah, because you have um, 2017, pretty good. Actually, starting in 2016, he gets the team a little bit on track. 2017, pretty good. 2018, wow, we actually needed you to step it up. 2019, yeah, we really need you to step it up. 2020, yeah, we really, really need you to step it up. 2021, can you please do the everything? And they've been like, okay, we can do that. And they've done it. They've had their missteps. We should be 6-1. and one. Not 5-2, and two, but it happens to the best of us. And, uh, yeah, this defense made Tom Brady's life a living hell at certain points. I will say, Mike Evans won the battle this week with my, with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I was wrong about that. He actually got Marshawn Lattimore deep a few times. He beat Marshawn Lattimore. And it was not that one-hand thing. No, he was getting deep on him. He was getting faster than him. He had a touchdown where Marshawn Lattimore committed a P.I. Marshawn Lattimore will remember this and will make sure this does not happen again. This will never happen again. Well, it could happen again. But I said Mike Evans wasn't going to be the main threat, and I thought Chris Godwin was. I was right about that. I was 110% right about that. And yet Cyril Grayson's the guy that gets behind the defense. Cyril Grayson hadn't played it down in college football. He'd played in the NFL like a couple years ago or something. He was a track star at LSU, never played a game in college football. They said, hey, maybe we can try this guy out as a wide receiver. And of course he catches a, a game-leading touchdown pass. Fine, that was the worst our defense looked. Other than that, we were containing the run game, save for a couple of long runs, it was over the middle. It was Chris Godwin being a, you know, god of the slot, honestly. Um, 
It was this Johnson guy who's getting things. I mean, Tom Brady had 374 passing yards, 375 actually, um, on the Saints defense and four touchdowns. The problem was the turnovers and the pressure we got on Brady. So we go to the end of the game. Saints run 16 seconds off in a two minute uh, after the two minute warning because we throw two incomplete passes and then we run the ball. I didn't like that. Sean Payton tried to justify the play calling by saying, look, we're trying to score any way possible. I can understand that. I think one of those plays didn't go... I could see it on the second down play. I could see it on the second down play where it's like, okay, I can actually see where you're trying to score here. The first down play, either we just didn't execute the play well, or I don't know what the hell happened. That that play died quickly. That play was bad. But you know what? fine but I thought and I think everyone on earth thought this you gave Brady a timeout in a minute 44 he's going to throw a touchdown pass or something I mean he did throw a touchdown pass I'll tell you that much and that's what the Saints defense was doing they were getting Brady to make errors that are kind of uncharacteristic of him which is honestly what we've done like in the four meetings we've had with him in the regular season, or the three meetings, like, the postseason one is the only one where Tom Brady's actually looked good against the Saints defense. The other three times, it's just been we've outmatched him. It's been good blitzes. Uh, The first play of the game honestly set a tone that we kind of were able to keep throughout it when David Onyemata... I mean, the Manitoba Mauler, he came in, and he just blew up a run play. And it was going to be a physical game at the line for a lot of it. And that's the way we were going to have to win, and that's the way we did win. When the Bucks started getting back into it, it's because the offense kind of sort of stopped working very well. Which I think partially had something to do with the fact that... <sighs> One thing that annoyed me was that the Bucks' penalties were kind of the way we saved our asses on many drives. We couldn't coast by on penalties. Penalties are what killed the Bucks. Penalties are what cost the Bucks that game. If there's one play in particular, though, that I do want to talk about um, that was the Bucks being stupid, because I'm jumping around all over the place because I'm really giddy, because uh, we should not have won that game. We definitely should not have, especially after losing James Winston. Trevor Simeon was our starting quarterback, but the defense did things. That were amazing. But also, so you're going for two, which first of all, you're going to go and kick an extra point to keep yourself in a three-score game as opposed to going for two and putting it as a two-score game. Wh- what are you doing? Are, I, I didn't understand any of that. I did not understand any of the logic behind keeping yourself within a two-score game, excuse me. It was going to be 23, it was a touchdown, so it was 23 to 13 before the extra point. They don't go for two, they kick the extra point. So it's 23 to 14, meaning you still need two scores. Why would you do that when you can instead go for it? But okay. So we get to the end of the game. They get up one. They decide to go for two. You got to go for two when you're only up by one. That's the rule. Okay? Like, if you don't, you're an idiot. Like, it's just a fact. 
you go for two when you're up by one. Um, and instead of being smart and calling a play that, frankly, had been working well enough where you throw the ball with the guy who has 300-plus passing yards, you try some tricky-dicky bullshit where you give the ball to, like, Chris Godwin or something, and it doesn't work. I had never understood that play call. I never understood it. Like, really? You're just going to try this run to the outside? I get that they had had a little bit of success with it, but you had more success with it when you were given about 60 yards to work with and not 12, where you have the end zone plus two. All I'm saying is, don't do that. It's not a good idea. Speaking of bad ideas, God, do I have to complain about a Saints fourth down play call? Fine, I'll talk about it. So the Saints ran in the first part of the game, first quarter. So we forced a three and out. And we get to fourth and one. It's at our own 40, I think it's at our own 40 or 41 yard line. We go for it. We're in shotgun, and it's a handoff up the middle to Kamara, and it doesn't get to the line. It doesn't. It barely gets to the line of scrimmage. In my opinion, we should have punted. I understand going for it there. I'm okay with going for it there. I did not necessarily like the play call. The main reason for it is that shotgun run up the middle is a little bit too lame for me. I, I am definitely more in favor of that being something where, honestly, I would have gone with James Winston under center and try and push the pile forward. I think that that would have worked better, considering we had had success with it the prior week, considering we had had success with it like throughout the season, and considering the fact that the Bucks are going to try and get that penetration up the middle because they know where that play is going to go. They're not expecting it to go off tackle. You're trying to get one yard. Um, so yeah, that was my problem with that play. But we, we made up for it with some other fourth down play calls. I mean, yeah, we look, we look pretty decent. Like I'm looking back at the statistics of this game. Cause honestly, they're kind of bonkers. Like we got outgained by about, by exactly 60 yards, 421 to 361. Third down wise, uh, we were not great. We were 5 for 14 on third downs, which is abysmal. Um, and the Bucks were 8 of 13. Um, 5 for 14 is pretty bad. Granted, it's not as bad as last week where we were 2 of 13 in a game. Where just an absolutely terrible game. And, uh, yeah, I really, I really don't know what this team is. Like, to finish off... The defense was bend but don't break, and I think it was just enough where it nearly broke. It had that really bad play where Cyril Grayson gets deep on us because, frankly, no one's going to catch him, uh, where you also have the Mike Evans touchdown. There were times where the defense probably broke, but when it counted most, that defense clamped down. Tom Brady made a really bad read. Let's be clear here. That's not on the receiver. That's on Tom Brady. Because he's throwing right into an area where there's only one guy there. That's P.J. Williams. By the way, just to say this, P.J. Williams has stepped it up this year. 
P.J. Williams has stepped it up. He's playing better than he has ever played in any other time in his career. We need to keep him around because he is so much better than I've ever seen him. I've honestly got to say, P.J. Williams has stepped it up to a new level. And I think that's one thing that I have kind of noticed, that P.J. Williams has made slight improvements. Last year, he did look better than he had in every other year prior, um, where... You know, I actually felt decent about him playing. Now I feel decent about him starting. He's finally, finally, finally figuring out his role. And it's really important that he does. Because we need that with defensive backs. So going into it, this is a great win. It's a Pyrrhic victory, unfortunately. Losing Jameis for the rest of the season really hurts. But with the way this team's been playing, Sean Payne's going to drag this team kicking and screaming to a 10-7 and record, whether they like it or not. That's what the way it's looking. They just have to win important games, and the next game is one of those important games because it's the Atlanta Falcons. You have to beat them. Not only to keep pace in the division race, but also in the conference, and also it's, it's the Falcons. You have to beat them. There are no excuses. You're at home again. you got to beat them. You got Taysom Hill probably going to start. Um, you have to beat them. The defense has to show up again. They can't fall apart like they did against the Giants at the end of the game. That's just going to be unacceptable. So yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Two Point Conversion. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, so, there's going to be a live stream Tuesday night as per my whole bi-weekly streams thing. I haven't figured out exactly what it's going to be on yet, so stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah, you can find that stream at 8 o'clock on Tuesday, that's tomorrow, at twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. That's twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1 at 8 o'clock Central Time. Um, you can find me on Twitter at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, P-O-R-T-S. So once again, I've been Schluter. This has been the Two Point Conversion. Hope you have a happy and fantastic week. And until next time, bye bye.